got us another hit. Yep. That's a strong accent also, so... Okay. Good afternoon. Members of Federation Assembly, Senators, State Duma Deputies, Citizens of Russia. This presidential address comes, as we all know, at the difficult watershed period of our country. It is, the, it is a time of radical, irreversible change in the entire world, of crucial historical events that will determine the future of our, of our country and our people. A time when every one of us bears a colossal responsibility. I'm going to stop doing the accent. It's too hard. One year ago, to protect the people in our historical what, you have land, the transcript? To ensure, yes. Oh, that, I'm sorry. You, ha you have <laughs> yes. the transcript? Damn. Of Go course, ahead. I am <laughs> reading it right there. One year ago, to protect the people in our historical lands, to ensure the security of our own country and to eliminate the threat coming from the neo-Nazi regime that has taken hold in Ukraine after the 2014 coup, it was decided to begin the special military operation. Step by step, carefully and consistently, we will deal with these tasks we have at hand. And someone's going to accuse me of being horrible a person if I keep reading it like that. So, Go ahead, since 2014, Donbas has been fighting for the right to live in their land and to speak their native tongue. If fought and never gave up amid the blockade, constant shelling of the Kiev regime's overt hatred. It's hoped and waited that Russia would come to help. In the meantime, as you know well, we are doing everything in our power to solve this problem by peaceful means and patiently conducted talks on the peaceful situation uh, solution to this devastating conflict. Behind our backs, a very different plan was being hatched. As we can see now, the promises of Western leaders, their assurances that they were striving for peace in Donbass turned out to be a sham and outright lies. They were simply marking time, engaged in political chicanery, turning a blind eye to the Kiev regime's political assassinations and reprisals against the undesirable people. Their mistreatment of believers. They exceedingly increasingly incited the Ukrainian neo-Nazis to stage terrorist attacks in Donbass. The officers of nationalist battalions trained at Western academies and schools. Weapons were also supplied. I would like to emphasize that prior to special military operation, Kiev held negotiations with the West about the delivery of air defense systems, warplanes, and other heavy equipment to Ukraine. We also recall the Kiev regime's vain attempts to obtain nuclear weapons. They discussed this issue publicly. The United States and NATO quickly deployed their army bases and secret biological laboratories near the Russian borders. They mastered the future theater of war during war games, and they prepared the Kiev regime, which they controlled, and the Ukraine, which they had enslaved for large-scale war. Now they admit this publicly and openly, and they feel no shame about it. They seem to be proud and even to be re reveling in their own perfidy. Ooh, this guy has good words. When calling the Minsk agreements in Normandy format a diplomatic show and bluff, it turns out that at this time, when Donbass was, Donbas was ablaze, while blood was being spilled, and while Russia sincerely made every effort to achieve a peaceful solution, I want to emphasize the word sincerely, they gambled on people's lives, and in effort were playing with marked cards, as they say in certain circles. 
This appalling method of deception has been tried and tested many times before. They behave just as shamelessly and duplicitously when destroying Yugoslavia, Iraq, Libya, and Syria. They will never be able to wash off this shame. The concepts of honor, trust, and decency are not for them. Over the long centuries of colonialism, discount dictate and homogeny. They used to bring allowed everything. They got used to spitting on the whole world. It turned out that at last they treat people living in their own countries with the same disdain, like a master. After all, they cynically deceived them too. Trick them with tall stories about the search for peace, about the adherence to the UN Security Council resolutions in Donbas. Indeed, Western elites have become a symbol of total unprincipled lies. We firmly defend our interests as well as our belief that in today's world there should be no division into so-called civilized countries and all the rest that is there is no need for an honest partnership that rejects any exclusivity and especially an aggressive one. We were open and sincerely ready for a constructive dialogue with the West. We said and insisted that both Europe and the whole world needed an indivisible security system equal for all countries. And for many years, we suggested that our partners discuss this idea together and work on its implementation. But in response, we received either an indistinct or hypocritical reaction. As far as words were concerned, but these were also actions. NATO's expansion to our borders, the creation of new deployment areas for missile defense in Europe and Asia. They decided to take color, cover from us under an umbrella. Deployment, uh, an, an, uh, an umbrella deployment of military contingents and not just near Russian borders. Let me get a drink here. I would like to stress, in fact, that this is well known. Yeah, he's going to go on to country... say that. Go ahead. I'll skip down. Yeah, I was you... just going to say he's going to go on to say that, you know. No, go ahead. Keep reading. <laughs> I love this. This is great. This is great. Okay. I would like to stress, in fact, that this is well known, that no other country has so many military bases abroad as the U.S., that there are hundreds of them. I want to emphasize this. Hundreds of bases all over the world. The planet is covered with them. And one look at the map is enough to see this. And I'm starting to get into this speech now. I'm kind of like feeling it. Say, the whole world witnessed how they withdrew from fundamental agreements on weapons, including the treaty on intermediate and short range, shorter range missiles, unilaterally tearing up the fundamental agreements that maintain world peace. For some reason, they did it. They do not do anything without a reason, as we know. Finally, in December 2021, we officially submitted draft agreements on security guarantees to the USA and NATO. In essence, all key fundamental points were, were, were rejected. After that, it finally became clear that the go-ahead for the implementation of aggressive plans had been given and they were not going to stop. I haven't seen this before, so I'm a little choppy. Uh, Sounds great. The threat was going, growing by day. Judging by information received, there was no doubt that everything would be in place by February 2022, 
for launching yet another bloody, bloody punitive operation in Donbass. Let remind, me remind you that back in 2014, the Kiev regime had sent its artillery, tanks, and warplanes to fight in Donbass. We all remember the aerial footage of airstrikes targeting Donetsk. Other cities also suffered from airstrikes. In 2015, they tried to mount a frontal assault against Donbass again, while keeping the blockade in place and continuing to shell and terrorize civilians. Let remind you, let me remind you that all of this was completely at odds with the documents and resolutions adopted by the UN Security Council, but everyone pretended that nothing was happening. Let me reiterate, they were the ones that started this war, while we used force and are using it to stop the war. Those who plotted a new attack against Donsk in the Donbas region and against Lugansk understand that Crimea and Sevastopol will be the next targets. We realize this as well. Even today, Kiev is openly discussing far-reaching plans of this kind. They've exposed themselves by making public what we already knew, or what we knew already. We are defending human lives and our common home, while the West seeks unlimited power. It has already spent over $150 billion on helping and arming the Kiev regime. To give you an idea, according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the G7 countries earmarked about $60 billion in 2020 to 2021 to help its world's poorest countries. Is that clear? They spent $150 billion on the war while giving $60 billion to the poorest countries, despite pretending to care about them all the time, and also conditioning this support on obedience on behalf. Uh, excuse me. Also conditioning this support on obedience on behalf of the beneficiary countries. Which is him saying that they can't do anything to help Russia or do anything against Kiev or they don't get the money. Excuse me. Back to it. What all of this task of uh, what all what about all this talk of fighting poverty, sustainable development and protection of the environment? Where did it all go? Has it all vanished? Meanwhile, they're channeling even more money into the war effort. They eagerly invest in sowing, sowing unrest and encouraging governmental coups in the countries in other countries around the world. The recent Munich conference turned into an endless stream of accusations against Russia. Once one gets the impression that this was done so everyone forget what the so-called West has been doing over the past decades. They were the ones who let the genie out of the bottle, plunging entire regions into chaos. According to U.S. experts, almost 900,000 people were killed during wars unleashed by the United States after 2001, and over 38 million became recipes. Uh, recipes. Refugees. <laughs> Sorry. Please note, we did not invent these statistics. It's the Americans who are providing them. They're now simply trying to erase all of this from the memory of humankind, and they're preventing or pretending that none of this ever happened. However, no one in the world has forgotten this or ever or will ever forget it. None of them cares about human casualties and tragedies because many trillions of dollars are at stake, of course. They can also continue to rob everyone under the guise of democracy and freedoms 
to impose neoliberal and essentially totalitarian values, to brand entire countries and nations, to publicly insult their leaders, to suppress dissent in their own countries and divert attention from corruption scandals created by creating an enemy image. We continue to see this on television, which highlights greater domestic, economic, social, and inter-ethnic problems, contradictions, and disagreements. I would like to recall that in the 1930s, the West had virtually paved the way to power for the Nazis in Germany. In our time, they started turning, turning Ukraine into an anti-Russia. Actually, this project is not new. People who are knowledgeable about history, at least to some extent, realize this project dates back to the 19th century. The Austro-Hungarian Empire in Poland had conceived it for one purpose, that is, to deprive Russia of these historical territories that are now called Ukraine. This is their goal. There is nothing new here. They are repeating everything. The West expedited the implementation of the project today by supporting the 2014 coup. That was a bloody anti-state unconstitutional, unconstitutional coup. They pretended that nothing happened and this is how things should be. They even said how much money they had spent on it. Russophobia and extremely aggressive nationalism formed its ideological foundation. Quite recently, a brigade of armed forces of Ukraine was named Idolis after a Nazi division whose personnel were involved in deporting Jews, executing prisoners of war, and conducting punitive operations against the partisans in Yugoslavia, Italy, Czechoslovakia, and Greece. We are ashamed to talk about this, but they're not. Personnel serving with the armed forces of Ukraine and the Ukrainian National Guard are particularly fond of chevrons formerly worn by soldiers from Das Reich, Totenkopf, Death's Head, and Galicia divisions and other SS units. Their hands are also stained with blood. Ukrainian armored vehicles feature insignias of Nazi German Wehrmacht. Neo-Nazis are open to those, uh, neo-Nazis are open about whose heirs they consider themselves to be. Surprisingly, none of the powers that be in the West are seeing it. Why? Because they, pardon my language, could not care less about it. They don't care who they are betting on their fight against us, against Russia. In fact, anyone will do as long as they fight against us and our country. Indeed, we saw terrorists and neo-Nazis in their ranks. They will let all kinds of ghouls join their ranks, for God's sake, as long as they act on the will as a weapon against Russia. In fact, the anti-Russia project is part of the revisionist policy that our country to create flashpoints of instability and conflicts next to our borders. Back then in the 1930s, and now the design remains the same, and it is to direct aggression to the east, to spark a war in Europe, and to eliminate competitors by using a proxy force. We are not at war with the people of the Ukraine. I have made that clear many times. The people of Ukraine have become hostages of the Kiev regime and its Western handlers.
who have, in fact, occupied that country in the political, military, and economic sense and have been destroying Ukrainian history for decades now as they plundered its natural resources. This led to social degradation and to immeasurable increase in poverty and inequality. Recruiting resources for military operations in these circumstances was easy. No one was thinking about the people who were conditioned for slaughter and eventually became expendables. It is sad and dreadful thing to say, but it is fact. Responsibility for inciting and escalating the Ukraine conflict as well, uh, as well as the sheer number of casualties, lies entirely with the Western elites and, of course, today's Kiev, Kiev regime, which the Ukrainian people are, in fact, not its own people. The current Ukrainian regime is serving not national interests, but the interests of third countries. The West is using the Ukraine as a battering ram against Russia and, it's and as a testing range. I am not going to discuss in detail the West attempts to turn the war around or their plans to ramp up military supplies, since everyone is well aware of that. However, there is one circumstance that everyone should be clear about. The longer the range of the Western systems that will be supplied to Ukraine, the further we will have to move the threat away from our borders. This is obvious. Ooh, he's talking about going further. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Western elite make no circuit. Uh, the Western elite make no secret of their goal, which is, I quote, Russia's strategic defeat. What does that mean to us? That means to plan. That means they plan to finish us off once and for all. In other words, they plan to grow a local conflict into global confrontation. This is how we understand it, and we will respond accordingly, because this represents an existential threat to our country. Mm. I told you, this dude freaking scares me. Mm. However, they too realize it's impossible to defeat Russia on the battlefield and are conducting increasingly aggressive information attacks against us, targeting primarily the younger generation. They never stop lying and distorting historical facts as they attack our culture, the, Rus the Russian Orthodox Church, and other traditional religious organizations in our country. Look at what they're doing to their own people. It's all about the destruction of family of the cultural and national identity, preservation or perversion and abuse of the children, including pedophilia, all of which are declared normal in their life. They're forcing priests to bless same-sex marriages, bless their hearts, let them do as they please. Here's what I would like to say in this regard. Adult people can do as they please. We in Russia have always seen it that way and always will. No one is going to intrude into other people's private lives and we're not going to do it either. <laughs> Sorry. But here's what I would like to tell them. Look at the Holy Scripture and the main books of other world religions. They say it all, including that family is the union of man and a woman. But these are sacred texts are now being questioned. Reportedly, the Anglican Church is planning, just planning, to explore the idea of a gender-neutral God. What is there to say? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Millions of the people in the West realize that they're being led to spiritual disaster. 
Frankly, the elite appear to have gone crazy, and it looks like there's no cure for that. But like I said, these are their problems. We must protect our children, which we do. We will protect our children from degradation and degeneration. Clearly, the West will try to undermine and define and divide our society and to bet on the fifth columnist who throughout history, and I want to emphasize this, have been using the same poison or contempt for their own fatherland and desire to make money by selling this poison to anyone who is willing to pay it. It has always been this way. Ooh, I need to slow down for a second, take a drink. Yeah, man. And that, that part right there was one of the parts that I wanted to highlight too, where he was talking about oh, yeah. the pedophilia. I, I know that's where you wanted me to slow down. <laughs> yeah. So like talking about how like, you know, because uh, I, I know that the, the right here in the United States. You're right, man. This is good. He, he The right would really agree with a lot of that, what he's saying. Um, because he's saying the exact same thing that the right is saying here in the United States, you know, protecting the children and all the pedophilia and, you know, um, the degradation of, of, of the spiritual beliefs of, 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 the, of the nation. You know? Damn, who thought a year ago that I would be actually reading Putin's speech? Man, this is awesome. Go, go ahead and wrap it. I don't think it's much left. Um, he's going to start talking about the soldiers. He's going to say, you know, I want to, I want to put so many people that I want to thank and all of that. That part is pretty good too. So go ahead. All right. Let me move some of this up. Uh, set aside. Live with it. The main point is that as our people, All right, protect our children from degradation and den de denigration. Clearly, the West will try to undermine and defy divide our society and to bet on the fifth columnist who throughout history, blah, 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 next paragraph. Those who have embarked on the road of outright betrayal, committing terrorist and other crimes against the security of our society and the country's territorial integrity will be held accountable for this under law. But we will never behave like the Kiev regime and the Western elite, which has been and still are involved in witch hunts. We will not settle scores with those who take a step aside, who take a step aside and turn their back on the motherland. Let this be on their conscience. Let them live with this. They will have to live with this. The main point, point is that our people, the citizens of Russia, have given them a moral assessment. I am proud and I think that we are all proud of our multi-ethnic multi nation, the absolute majority of our citizens, and have taken a principled stance on the special military operation. They understand the basic idea of what we are doing and support our actions on the defense of Donbass. They support primarily reveal this support primarily revealed their true, true patriotism and a feeling that is historically inherent in our nation. It is stunning in its dignity and deep understanding by everyone, I will stress everyone, of the inseparable link between one's own destiny and the destiny of the fatherland. 
I'm uncomfortable when he says that. Mm. That just goes back. I, I've got German in my heritage that fatherland is just a bad word to me. Anyway, my dear friends, I would like to thank everyone, all the people of Russia for their courage and resolve. I would like to thank our heroes, soldiers and officers in the army and the Navy and the Russian guards, the secret services staff and all structures of authority, the fighters in Donsk, Lugansk corpse, volunteers and patriots who are now fighting in the ranks of the bars, uh, combat army reserve. Sorry if I butchered any of those names. I would like to apologize and that I will not be able to mention everyone during today's speech. You know, when I was drafting this speech, I wrote a very long list of these heroic units, but then removed it from my text because, as I said, it's impossible to mention everyone, and I was afraid to offend everyone I might, or anyone I might leave out. The deepest gratitude to the parents, wives, and families of our defenders, the doctors, the paramedics, combat medics, and the medical nurses who are saving the wounded, to the railway workers and drivers that are supplying the front, to the builders that are erecting fortifications and restoring housing, roads, and civilian facilities, to the workers and engineers at the defense co companies who are now working almost around the clock in several shifts, and to rural workers who are reliable, who are reliably ensure food security for the country. I am grateful to teachers who sincerely care for the young generations of Russia, especially those that are working in a very difficult, almost frontline conditions the cultural figures that are visiting the zone of hostilities and hospitals to support the soldiers and officers, volunteers that are helping the front and civilians, journalists, primarily war correspondents, that are risking their lives to tell the truth to the world, pastors of Russia's traditional religions and military clergy whose wise words support and inspire people, government officials and business people, to all those who fulfill their professional, civil, and simply human uh, human duty. My special words go to the residents of Donsk and Lugansk, Lugansk People's Republics and the Zephorazite and Kurzhan regions. You, my friends, determine your future at the referendums. You made a clear choice despite the neo-Nazi threats and violence amid the close military actions, but there has been nothing stronger than your intent with Russia with your motherland. <laughs> Applause. Yay. I want to emphasize that this is a reaction of the audience to the residents of the Donsk and Lugansk people's republics and the Zephyrts and Kyrgyzstan regions. Once again, our deepest respects for them all. We've already begun and will expand major socioeconomic recovery and development program for these new regions within the Federation. It includes, oh, oh, within the Russian Federation. Ooh, you're there now. It includes restoring production facilities, jobs, and the ports of the Sea of Azov, which again became Russia's landlocked sea. Building new, modern roads like we did in Crimea. Crimea which is now has a reliable land transport corridor with all of Russia. We will definitely implement all of these plans together. Russian's regions are currently providing direct assistance to the citizens, districts, and villages in the Donsk, Lugansk, People, Republic, and the Zarafari incursion of They're doing it sincerely, not meaning to insult any of you people. If you're hearing that, I just, I can't chew it right now. I'm sorry. 
they're doing it sincerely like the like true brothers and sisters we are together again which means that we have become stronger and that we will do everything in our power to bring back the long-awaited peace to our land and ensure the safety of our people our soldiers our heroes fighting or fighting for this for their ancestors for the future of their children and grandchildren for uniting our people Friends, I would like to ask you to pay your respects to your fellow soldiers who were killed in the attacks of the neo-Nazis and raiders, who gave up their lives for Russia, for civilians, the elderly women and children, or the elderly women and children, a minute of silence. Thank you. We all understand, and I understand, how unbearably hard it is for their wives, sons, and daughters for their parents who raised those dignified defenders of the fatherland, like the young guard members from Krasnodon, Krasnodon, young men and women who fought against Nazism, and for Donbass during the Great Patriotic War. Ooh. Everyone in Russia remembers their conservative courage, resilience, enormous strength of spirit, and self-sacrifice to this day. Our duty is to support the families that have lost their loved ones and to help them raise their children and give them an education and a job. The family of each participant in this special, special military operation must be a priority and treated with care and respect. Their needs must be responded to immediately without bureaucratic delays. Nice. Veterans and the families of the veterans fighting in this war need to be taken care of. I love that. I suggest establishing a dedicated state fund for bringing targeted personalized assistance to the families of fallen fighters, as well as veterans of the special military operation. This entity will be tasked with coordinating efforts to offer social, medical support and counseling, and also to address matters related to sending them to health resorts and providing rehabilitation services, while also assisting them in education, sports, employment, and in acquiring a new profession. These funds will also have an essential mission to ensure long-term home care and high-technology prosthetics for those that need it. I am asking the government to work with the State Council Commission on Social Policy and within regions to resolve an organizational matter that, as quickly as possible. The state fund must be transparent in its work while streamlining assistance and operating as a one-stop shop, free from red tape or administrative barriers. Every family, without exception, and every veteran will have their personal social worker, a coordinator, who will be there for them in person to resolve any real-time issues that they may face. Let me emphasize that the funds must open its office in our region of the Russian Federation in 2023. Nice. They, he just basically built the VA or authorized the VA. We already have measures in place for supporting great patriotic war veterans, combat veterans, as well as participants in local conflicts. I believe these essential elements will be added to the state funds mission moving forward. We need to explore this possibility, and I'm asking the government to do so. Make no mistake, the fact that we are establishing a state fund does not mean other institutions or officials at other levels of government will be relieved of their responsibility. I expect all federal agencies, regions, and municipalities to stay focused on veterans, on service personnel, 
and, and their families. In this context, I would like to thank senior regional officials, mayors, and governors who routinely meet with the people, including by visiting the line of contact and support their fellow, by visiting the line of contact and support their fellow countrymen. On a special note, let me say that today, career service personnel, mobilized conscripts, volunteers, all share frontline hardships, including the terms of provision, supplies and equipment, remuneration and insurance payments to the wounded, as well as health care service, services. However, there are complaints that make it all the way to my office, as well as to the governor's, as they have been telling me, and to the military prosecutor's office and to the human rights commissioner, showing some of these issues have yet to be resolved. We need to get to the bottom of each complaint on a case-by-case -case basis. And one more thing. Everyone understands that serving in the special military operations zone causes immense physical and mental stress, since people risk their lives and health every day. For this reason, I believe the mobilized conscript, conscripts, as well as all service personnel and all those taking part in the special military operation, including volunteers, must benefit from a leave of absence of at least 14 days every six months without counting the time it takes them to travel to their destination. This way, every fighter will be able to meet with family and spend time with their loved ones. Two weeks out every six months back home. Nice. Colleagues, as you're aware, a 2021 to 2025 plan for building and developing the armed forces was approved by a presidential executive order and is being implemented and adjusted as necessary. Importantly, our next steps to reinforce the Army and the Navy and to secure the current and future development of the armed forces must be based on actual combat experience gained during the special military operation, which is extremely important and I would say absolutely invaluable to us. For example, the latest systems account for over 91%, 91.3% of Russia's nuclear defense deterrence forces. To reiterate, based on our newly acquired experience, we must access a similar, similarly high quality level for all other components of the armed forces. Basically, all the people that's been in the scrap, he wants to train all the people, all the new people coming in. Officers and sergeants who, ask, who act as competent, modern, and decisive commanders, and there are many, will be promoted to higher positions as a matter of priority, since military universities and academies, and will serve as a powerful personal reserve for the armed forces. Without a doubt, they are valuable resources in civilian life and at government and at all levels. I just want our colleagues to pay attention to that. It's very important. The people must know that the motherland appreciates their contribution to the defense of the fatherland. <sighs> he's gonna, he's about to wrap it. I think he's gonna talk about the, um, his capabilities. He's gonna be like, yeah, y'all know we got some state of the art stuff. I think that's what he's about to say. Go ahead. It's, yeah, it's about um, to wrap. Well, actually, I got about three. There's at least four more.